<laughs> my acronyms are unique. Breathe, can... exercise, sleep, and... <laughs> Sweet Francis. You got one right. The B is for breathe. <laughs> I thought I had them all. On this episode of the Amped Up Podcast, I'm talking to my high school friend, Marley Q. Marley's an event planner, a personal and professional development coach, founder of The Park Project, and host of the Time To Be Kind podcast. In this episode, we talk about mental health, self-awareness, and self-care. And we also talk about all of Marley's successes and failures and how it's shaped her into the professional she is today. If I really care about others that much, am I doing what I need to do in order to take care of myself so that I can build that and create that and the truth is i wasn't like check like check oh mm -hmm. uh, eva yeah she's already a young lady 12 13 13 13 she's gonna be 13 april 24th i'm sorry mm. watch her hear this and be like i'm not 13 yet <laughs> he has fire he was actually um this is funny i'm gonna record this this is good. She's sitting down, and we're in a we're in my house, and she's qu quiet in the corner. Eva doesn't have a phone yet, and she is scrolling. And I'm like, she's. I was like, oh, she's looking for properties. Eva's addicted to Realtor.com because she wants to find this home that I can't afford. <laughs> Eva, what are you doing? Manifesting. Manifesting. She's not manifesting. She's a planner like you. Love she her. is looking at yachts to rent for four hours a day. Papi, it's only $1,800. Eva, our blood is from Hialeah. And we... <laughs> yachts are... You can go to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my daughter. I absolutely love her. I love her. I think that's great. And I think visioning what you want is step one, isn't it? So that's what she's doing. And she's planning. She's going a step further from visioning. She's letting you know how much it is. <laughs> so that you have a target. That's terrible. I think it's fantastic. I think it's terrible. Fine. <laughs> You're raising a great kid. I'm trying. I'm trying. Raising kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. A deep breath. <laughs> that is a deep breath. <laughs> it's hard, right? Listen, I'm brand new at this. You've got way more experience than I do. I am a mom as of three and a half years ago. So I've got two babies. This happened in, um, you know, during a pandemic, being pregnant and having the contrast of one child pre-pandemic. And one child during the pandemic, it, it was just such a, a lot. There was a lot of breathing to acclimate or transition into parenthood and, and still be present for how amazing it is, right? And not stressed by all of it. Yeah, actually, that's a great question. Uh, or the question that just came over my mind, I can't, I can't tell myself it's a great question, right? Yes, you can. But <laughs> um, what was it like to give birth in the hospital before mm. COVID and then now during COVID, right? What was the difference there? Oh my goodness. Well, you know that I'm a planner. We started by saying that I love planning. And if <laughs> if um, becoming a mom has taught me anything is that, man, planning or plans, your plans are absolutely useless. But the planning is indispensable, right? And that's not my quote. That's like Eisenhower. But that process or that experience taught me that you know, you can have your birth plan, and I did. I had a three-page birth plan as to how I wanted this to go. Absolutely none of that happened that way. <laughs> My first child, it was a 23-hour labor all the way to the end, tried so hard, and things didn't work out as planned, and I had to have an emergency C-section. And 30 minutes later, my child was born, and it's amazing. 
but that was a very, very difficult process. But I had my husband with me. I had my entire family like waiting in the lobby, right? Like you had your support system all around you. During the pandemic, I was pregnant. I was three months pregnant when it started and my husband wasn't able to go to a single doctor appointment with me. The entire 40 weeks, not a single doctor appointment was he able to attend where he didn't miss, a, actually he only missed one with the first child. And at the hospital, he was the only one that was there with me, right? And to be completely honest, as uh, kind of lonely sometimes that that process felt, I, the actual birth process, the, the delivery, which my second child ended up being a C-section as well, not having people allowed, like not, not being allowed to be visited by people after mm-hmm. was actually a good thing. Yeah, you were me. able to rest. I was actually able to rest, to be just more present with what just happened, mm-hmm. right? Rather than being so focused on others and their experience of my birth delivery. Mm-hmm. So it's just this this contrast, as much as you love, you know, I loved the, the fact that I had that support system during the first pregnancy, not having it actually allowed me the opportunity to ha- be more present in that experience with my husband and my child rather than having to attend to visitors and everyone else's feelings about what happened. That sounds a lot like life right now. I think <laughs> and I'm, I'm speaking for myself. Sometimes I get busy recording a story or you know, re- posting it on, on, on social media as opposed to just embracing that moment and just saying, oh, let me just be here. It's a practice. Like, let me just be here now and receive whatever there is to receive in this moment and um definitely becoming a mom has has made me a lot more present and accepting i think of just what is rather than always expecting things to go the way that i want them to yeah because with kids you cannot plan (laughs) i thought i mean i had so many plans well first of all i thought eva was going to be a boy i would have bet my life on it Right? I thought my first boy was going to be a girl. I still have a Pandora um, bracelet charm that says it's a girl. And it was not a girl. It was a boy. And <laughs> that was a big surprise at our baby shower, too. I thought I was having a girl. It's like this boy. feeling that you're just like 100%. I know 100% exactly sure. what this is going to be. <laughs> I was wrong about everything with my first child. Everything. But here we are. It's wonderful. I, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy. Me, too. Actually, a lot of people are like, oh, are you... Or whenever I was born, are you are you gonna shoot for the boy? Are you gonna shoot for the boy? I'm just like, I don't know. I'm happy. I'm happy with my girl. Like, yes. I don't. I didn't. I don't know if some people just have that desire to have a boy and a girl. Actually, mm-hmm. my friend Diego just had his, or he's about to have his third boy, and they were going for the girl. Mm. But you can't. You can't plan that unless you're paying for it, right? Listen, I get asked all the time, "Am I going for the girl?" Let this be known right here, right now. <laughs> Recorded time Forever, stamp. for all time. I am absolutely done with my contribution to mankind as you. it relates to creating humans. <laughs> you get two solid, awesome men from me. That's oh, it. That is so cool. And I'm very happy and I feel fulfilled and I'm the queen of my home. We're good. We're good. <laughs> the factory is closed. So close. Good for you, Morgan. I, I will create businesses and create projects and create events, but I, I'm done creating humans. Good, good. Congratulations. You made your contribution. Thank you. You know, it's, it's cool to sit across from you. That I, I remember you from high school, right? Mm-hmm. And always this bubbly person, super involved, a go-getter. 
I mean, I think if name me, tell me if I'm wrong, yearbook club, volleyball, well, you tell me, I mean, I'm sure you have a list of accolades. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it's funny because this year I'm planning my 20 year high school reunion. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting and, and you're planning it and I'm planning it. Of course. <laughs> It looks like my class knew who they were voting for. They're like, we're going to vote for her. <laughs> she's going to become an award-winning event planner, and she's going to do the best reunions. There you go. Great. No pressure. No pressure. Um, but I've done a lot of reflecting on, you know, who I was um, in high school and how proud, how proud I am of, of that young woman that I was and how I was really focused on school and my academics, but I made time for the student government. I was class president all four years, made time for the National Honor Society, for the Interact Club. That's where I found my passion for events and community service and started fundraising for nonprofits. Um, I actually wasn't part of the yearbook club. No? No, <laughs> I wasn't, but my sisters, my sister was, they were into the pictures and, and making things look pretty, uh, which is not my jam. But <laughs> I actually saw in my yearbook, as I was reflecting back, and it was just so beautiful. You know, I love kindness. And I was just reflecting back on the immense amount of kindness that um, I don't think I was so so present to back then in high school. And, and the amount of impact that I guess all of my extracurricular work actually made. Mm -hmm. All of the events that I planned, our ring ceremonies, our proms, our homecomings, all of the events, that they actually served a purpose, right? Like, I think I felt really unappreciated when I was, like, younger. Why, why do you feel that way? Or why I, did you feel that I way? did. I, I remember feeling like, man, I worked so hard to put these events on for people. And then, you know, they just complain, you know, that the music should have been this or that the food should have been that. And like, we don't really get people be like, man, thank you for volunteering all your freaking time yeah. to plan these things. Thank you for staying after school and creating the banners for the pep rallies. Thank you. Right. So I, I feel that I remember that feeling mm -hmm. of that young lady feeling unappreciated and what I've learned in these 20 years of that I continue doing the exact same work. Yeah. I produce events, I get paid very well to produce events mm -hmm. and, and do all the work that I did um, in, in high school. I do it now professionally. And one big thing that has changed that I wish I could tell my younger self is the thank you comes from you. Like you feel thankful mm -hmm. for who you are being someone that wants to lead and serve and create events that bring people together. Like thank yourself, not wanting to receive thanks or acknowledgement or recognition from your friends or your family or from anybody else, right? It really had to come from, from me. And I think that's been a really a journey in my own self-care, my own self-love and kindness journey to kind of look back at everything that I do and that I give for others from my heart and be grateful for that for myself. What right? helped you find the ability to have this internal validation versus seeking external validation? I know it's a hard question. Yeah, it's a good question. And it's, it is hard because it makes you pause and think, you know, I, I can't recall a single instance mm -hmm. that made me like flip a switch and be like, hey, you could have to be grateful for yourself. <laughs> but I think it was just a series of like burnout experiences in the service of others, right? So there's this quote that's like service above self that I really, you know, like related to and, and identified with and giving is better than receiving, right? And all these things are, are great. And lose yourself in the service of others, right? All these great quotes that I used to be all behind. They're embedded in you, huh? Right. Yeah. And it, it, it just started through experience and through burning out and just being so exhausted and feeling, like I said, like even like drained, right? Of energy after I would do some of the things, doing that 
several times. I'm kind of stubborn. So it took me several experiences to realize that that's, that's not the way. Like it has to come. If, it, if it's something that comes from your heart that you want to do, whether you're volunteering your time, you're donating resources, it has to come because it's kindness that bubbles up in your heart that wants to do that. Not for a thank you, not for a pat on the back, not for money or for a favor in exchange. It really has to. And if it doesn't, then that's when you feel that you're either taken advantage of or you feel drained or you feel tired. And if that happens enough, then you have to kind of check yourself and be like, what are your intentions here? Were you doing this for a thank you or a pat on the back? Right. And having, I guess, enough of those experiences from like, listen, you are doing this in order to receive recognition and appreciation. Because when I was in high school, I received trophies, Hall of Fame trophies and pictures. And, but that didn't feel, I didn't feel appreciated mm -hmm. because it doesn't come from these tangible outward things, which in today's society worries me when so many of our young people are looking towards the number of likes and the number of followers and the number of comments in order to feel validated. Worries me because I, and we didn't have that growing up. Mm -hmm. And, and I had to kind of just discover for myself that I, that validation, that recognition that you seek, that feeling of appreciation that you want from others has to come from the inside out first. It has to. Absolutely. And I think it was just a series of, of learning of the hard knocks, right? Like the hard knocks lesson to be like, no, you need to, you need to give yourself a hug, pat yourself on the back. Like, good job doing that. Even if no one ever sends a thank you card or an email for all the great, you know? contributions that you think you made yeah so you mentioned kindness and i know a, a huge part of your identity is kindness mm. right and I, I believe you did a ted talk mm -hmm. i haven't i didn't watch it recently but i remember watching it mm -hmm. way back when when you posted it yeah you were and, super supportive and yeah. you sent people from from um to come and and sit in the audience yeah. i remember so it was project park or park project park project okay and Park, go ahead, tell us a little bit about Park Project. Yeah, so Park is the acronym for my mission, which is to inspire people to perform acts of random kindness. So my TED Talk in 2018 um, was titled, Kindness is Your Superpower. And I was actually three months pregnant when I delivered that talk. And I almost canceled because I just wanted to throw up and like run off stage. <laughs> and um, I was so grateful that I went through, through that experience because it was the first time that I got to share my story on a little red rug in 18 minutes or less. I had never done a talk that way where I had to script, right? I had to write it out and practice it. And, and it was definitely a, an uncomfortable experience, but I'm glad that, that I did it. And, 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 and it's really living the, the purpose. Let me start, start that again, I apologize. That's okay, please. The purpose of Park Project is to spread this message, perform acts of random kindness. And I believe that everybody has a different way to be a parker. A parker is a person that performs acts of random kindness, mm -hmm. of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. So I think that what, what doing that TED Talk proved to me is that no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. A lot of people ask me, how did you get to do a TED Talk? Like, I want to you know, do one one day. And I don't have like advice for the step-by-step -step plans for getting on stage. For me... I spoke at an event about my vision for our world to be a world full of people who perform acts of random kindness mm -hmm. by teaching and promoting kindness as our identity, which I like that you said that it is my identity. I feel it's yours. It's who we are as mankind. It is our identity. And we have forgotten that we have moved away from that. We have lowered our standards. 
But what I believe, you know, Park Project is really just a movement of people that are performing acts of random kindness. And for a long time, I thought that, you know, if, if I'm going to now start a family, I've got to stop doing all of my nonprofit work because I don't have time to plan these big events and these big campaigns for others. I've got to focus on myself and my family. And that process over the last six years of really reflecting and thanking myself back to that that conversation of this nonprofit started as a birthday party for a cause. This nonprofit started as someone wanting to perform an act of random kindness and invite other people to do the same and whatever they want, they want to mm -hmm. for whatever cause they care about. That was all this was. And we're celebrating our 12th year anniversary this year in September. And for a while there, I felt super down and like a failure with my nonprofit because I'm like, we're not doing programming. We're not doing big events. We're not doing this. We're at my last event, only 800 people came and we didn't <laughs> reach our goal and we lost money. Mm -hmm. And all, you know, all of this lack of, you know, success, if you measure success by how much money you raise and how many events you do and how many people you impact. But what I realized is the movement has has been this ripple effect for the past 12 years when I haven't seen someone, they're like, oh, do you, are you still doing that park thing? Mm -hmm. And people remember or I'll get calls every once in a while. So I just, over the last couple of years and especially with the pandemic, I realized that no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. I stepped on stage at, to do that TED Talk because somebody heard me speak about my cause and years later, seven years later, gets a job at a university and gets the opportunity to plan a TED Talk and says, I know who should be speaking at this event and called me. I have no idea who she is. I don't know what I said that spoke to her. That's how I got that opportunity. I got a phone call and said, hey, do you want to do this? Like, what? Don't I need to apply and be voted in? Because I've gone through the process and I've been rejected before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was an act of random kindness. I came full circle six or seven years later. Isn't it crazy how... Um we don't realize the power of our voice, the power of our story. And so you told this story and seven years later, somebody still said, wow, I know who can speak at this TED Talk. Yeah. And it, I think something similar happened to me. And I've, I don't know if I've said it before on the podcast, but I've spoken about it a lot. There's a girl named Christy Mito who used to go to my church uh, at New Life down south. Um, now it's called The Way. Um, and she once, during youth group, got on stage and talked about a missions trip she went on. Mm -hmm. And that was a snowball effect for me because I ended up going from one mission to the next mission to making my life a mission. Mm. And Park Project resonated with me from the beginning because I felt like, wow, this is this is part of my ideology. This is part of my reason for being my purpose in life mm -hmm. is just to help people and to be kind to others mm -hmm. and to just put that out. And whether you call it karma or whether you call it just the universe repaying you, I truly believe that the more kindness you put out, it just comes back around. I call it the currency of kindness. The currency of and kindness. And I think the currency of kindness is worth more than, you know, any amount of physical money ever can, really. And I think that kind, the currency of kindness profits you in business and the currency of kindness profi profits you in your personal life, in your relationships, in your mental health and self-care. Like at the end of all of it, Kindness would help every single societal problem we face at the course. Kindness would make a big difference. You mentioned in the beginning that you felt as though we have drifted away from kindness. Mm. Why do you say that? Well, actually, I feel that as a collective, mankind could use a reminder 
I feel that we could use a reminder of who we are and what our standards are for ourselves, how we think, what we say, what we do, how we live our lives. Like it's, it's living the cause, it's living kindness. I think that mankind can, can benefit from a reminder. Where did this ideology for you develop, mm. right? Because like, for me, I, I, again, I was brought up in the church. It's part of like the doctrine, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's embedded in you. Mm-hmm. If, um, love God, like in my church, it was love God, love people, love God, love people. Love mm-hmm. So me, I feel like I was trained that way. I was mm-hmm. programmed this way. What would you say, what influenced you? You know, in my TED Talk, I share a story of my fourth grade teacher, and I actually had her in the audience. So I won't give away that story. I'll have you all check it out. <laughs> um, it's got like 20,000 organic views that I'm very proud of because I've never promoted them. Yeah. So <laughs> so this will help me amp up my organic views. There but I really think that I, I was born, I was born for this. I was born to discover who I am at a young age to help me, to help guide me on my path to who I want to become, right? Or who I eventually became or am becoming because it's a continual process. I think I was very lucky to find that at a young age. Um, In fourth grade, I, I, I received kindness from a teacher that really impacted me in that moment and made a big difference and helped to change my belief around like the way that I saw myself. Right in that moment of the story that I share in in my TED talk, I felt really like helpless and insignificant. And her just taking kindness, maybe less than a minute, to tell me that kindness is my superpower, to express to me that I don't need money, I don't need this, I don't need that, that who I am is enough. For whatever reason, in that moment, I think that that created, it created a beautiful ripple effect like we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't really realize like the impact that one little act of kindness can have. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that my identity all like revolved around this one act of kindness, but I think that in my life, I've been very present to the kindness of others in my Mm. life. Why is this making you emotional? Mm. Because I just kind of wish that for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, to be present to the kindness that exists everywhere. Absolutely. And I wish more people would be just kind. It's not difficult. It actually doesn't only serve the other person. It serves yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, as I think somebody once told me that um, altruists are very ego-driven because at the end it's it's (laughs) self-inflicted. You're just making yourself feeling good. (laughs) But who cares? How beautiful is it for you to feel good because you're helping somebody else? It's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. I agree with you. Thanks, Erica. Thank you. Thank you. I'll get back to your post. I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me get back to being kind. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, so good. No, but thank you. I mean, that's awesome. And I was just, honestly, I remember your, yeah, just your philosophy really resonating with me. Mm. And I remember, that's why I was so supportive because I I truly felt like, man, I, I feel this 100%. Yeah. And I want other people to get it. Yeah. And whether I was working with the homeless or, or whatever I was doing, I wanted other people to see that. Like, hey, I'm just helping people. Mm-hmm. I don't care about 
who they are, what their status is. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything in return. Mm-hmm. And so when I remember there was a part where you were encouraging people to just turn around in the grocery store or something and pay for the person behind them, right? Think about that ripple effect. And, mm-hmm. I, and to me, I, I, again, I, I, I've said this before, not to you, but so sometimes it's weird when you have a podcast I and understand. You, you've heard it back. You repeat yourself. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> I'm saying this again, but you said a ripple. Mm. And I tell Alex and I tell everybody around me, I'm like, I'm not here to cause a tsunami. I'm here to be a little drop in a bucket mm-hmm. and that little ripple mm-hmm. is going to reach you and mm-hmm. reach the people around me. And that's it. That's it. It doesn't have to be any di- more difficult than that. Yeah. We sometimes think that we need to, in order to be a philanthropist or to be, you know, a kindness influencer, which is what I've landed on calling myself mm-hmm. after all these years. <laughs> it's like, oh, that, that hat feels right. I am a kindness influencer. That's what I do. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. That's something to be proud of. <laughs> yes. It took all this time, 14 years. Like, oh, yeah, we can encapsulate all of that. So that you don't need to have a ton of money you don't need to have your name on a plaque or on a wall or on a building you don't need to plan you know a huge 5k or you don't need to write large sums of you know checks to people or donate all your time it really is in the living of the cause in being kind versus doing kind things right so in your own life in your own experience when you wake up in the morning could you be kind first to you and then two, whether it's your dog or your partner or your spouse or your kids. And then when you open the door and step outside, can you be kind to your neighbor? Say hello. Yeah. I'm friends with my neighbors. So many people don't know their neighbors. Mm-hmm. I was invited to my neighbor's house for Thanksgiving and she cooked this whole Jamaican meal for me and my family. Uh, and I share that something. People are like, what? That's weird. No, she's no, your neighbor. It's just my neighbor. Uh. Right? So be kind to your neighbors, right? When you step outside and your neighbors include, you know, the people in traffic. When you're trying to get from here to there, it, your neighbors includes when you get to work and your colleagues and your clients and whoever you're sending an email out to, can you put a happy face in there? If that's not appropriate for where you work, can you put an exclamation mark, add some energy <laughs> and, you know, some <laughs> kindness in your email too, yeah. right? Before you're about to pick up the phone, uh, before you're about to ask somebody for something, can you take a breath and smile and notice that you're talking to a person yeah. who maybe has a lot going on in their day and you need something from them? It's like, just... The customer service people or the telemarketers that call you and annoy you, they're a person trying to do their job too. Can you just be like, listen, man, I'm really not interested in what you're selling me, but have a great day. Thanks for the call. It doesn't take a long time to do that. And they're like, oh, wow. Well, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Adrian's feeling guilty right now for hanging (laughs) up on people. (laughs) Listen, sometimes I'm not, I don't, I'm not with it. Right. And I, I'll keep it even shorter than that. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's more about being in that currency of kindness more so than, a to-do list or something that you need to, you know, scratch off your, you know, your checklist. Yeah. Right? No, you no, started no. off with being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. I took a course at FAU uh, when I was in the graduate program. Dr. Purnell, I don't know where you are, but big shout out to you because this course actually changed my perspective a lot because mm. um, it was all about caring for yourself and taking that moment to care for yourself and what that meant to me as a healthcare provider. And a lot of people laughed at the class. A lot of the students in the class thought it was funny. But I really embraced each one of these projects. And I think the first one, I had never gotten a massage in my life. Mm-hmm. And so she just wrote a list of things that you could do for self-care. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a massage. And I completely immersed myself in that experience. And I'm so grateful f- to her because it made me realize how important it was for me to really care for myself before I cared for the people around mm. me. So what are you doing for self-care? Because... Mm. And let me let me just backtrack. 
you ha- you run at a very high velocity, <laughs> right? And you cheetah. Yeah, <laughs> cheetah. Cheetah. And you've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. People often that that are such givers and put out such high energy sometimes fall into burnout, mm. right? Have you experienced that at all? So much. And many times, okay. over and over again. Like uh. I said a few moments ago, I'm an incredibly stubborn person. <laughs> and I held on to to those beliefs of giving is better than receiving and service above self. And it's about others. And if you're you know, really a philanthropist and others are your priority. And, and, I, and I fell into burnout many times. And I think the last time, I think no matter how stubborn you are, you need to reach a point where you're like, okay, I'm getting migraines all the time. Uh, after I do an event, I'm like exhausted for two weeks. I'm no good to like anybody for this amount of time. I'm not eating well, barely sleeping, drinking way too much coffee. There comes a point where you, you have to really look at the reality, at the truth. Mm-hmm. Be like, hmm. If I keep going in this direction, am I going to achieve building a, you know, uh, a nonprofit movement that is sustainable and that can live long after you know I'm gone. Am I really setting it up? If I really care about others that much, am I doing what I need to do in order to take care of myself so that I can build that and create that? Mm-hmm. And the truth is I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was like the worst person in self-care. I actually never practiced self-care at all. I didn't even understand what that meant. Like it was laughable. It's like, like that's selfish stuff. Like, you know. And a friend invited me to yoga and many times I turned it down. Like, I don't do yoga. I can't sit there quietly. My legs crossed. I'm not flexible. I'm not strong enough. I can't do a push-up. My life depended on it and I can't get on my, on my head and do a headstand. Any of these things. I'm not an, inter- uh, an Instagram yoga person at all. And he kept inviting me and kept inviting me and he's like, Marley, you know, I just see that you're you're kind of experiencing a lot of stress and, and I see you kind of anxious and I know you're just starting your business and you're really young, but you should really, you know, like pause and take care of yourself. Come on Wednesdays, yada, yada. I went a couple times. I hated yoga because I, I felt that I couldn't keep up with other people and everyone loved the laying down at the end and relaxing and I just was <laughs> dying to roll up my mat and leave. Like, I got to go. Yeah. Obviously, you all have nothing to do. You're not trying to change the world. Like, yeah. I got to go. <laughs> this is really how I felt. It's very shameful. But I stuck with it mm-hmm. and I kept practicing. And what I realized is I was just afraid to, to stop. Because if I stopped, then I had to face the truth that I wasn't taking care of myself. And so many times I wouldn't even like drink enough water throughout the day or eat because I'm so busy on everything else. And, and the same thing would happen. I'd burn out and you know, I'd get migraines. So and what were you feeling symptom-wise in terms of like self-talk or like what was your mm-hmm. inner voice feeling like during those mm-hmm. times of burnout what was going on yeah definitely the 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 self-talk um i always say so if you feel like you're in a rut and you're doing the same thing over and over and you can't get out of this rut and the same thing kind of keeps happening you're doing one of two things you ready for an acronym let's hear it i got it <laughs> guys get ready for a bunch of acronyms right she i already gave them. you park i already gave you park perform acts of random kindness uh-huh. now this is for rut i realized that i was in a rut because i was repeating unsupportive thoughts okay. and I was repeating unproductive tasks mm. I was doing those two things over and over and over and over again and you you don't notice that you're in a rut repeating unsupportive thoughts or repeating unproductive tasks if you just keep going 
and you're just in the doing and you're just busy, 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 busy. But if you actually just stop, which is what COVID did for me, a forced, full stop emergency break, mm -hmm. then that, you know, snow globe of activity that's all frantic all the time and in motion all the time is forced to rest and settle yeah. and be like, wow, like those on some of those unsupportive thoughts for me were, you're not doing enough. That's not ready. You've got to put more time into that. So who needs sleep? Uh, you run just fine on four hours of sleep. Um, what other unsupportive thoughts? Probably like that's not good enough. <laughs> Things like that, really, because when you suffer from uh, planning, you're probably uh, from being a perfectionist, a little bit of a control freak and wanting to plan everything, which is really who I was, who I identified myself with before. Was is an acronym also. <laughs> Here we go. What is yeah, it? who I was. Worried, anxious, and stressed. Okay. That's who I was. She was worried, anxious, and stressed all the time. And I believed that that's just who I was. Like, I just, I worry about people all the time because if I don't worry, it means I don't care. Right? Uh, anxious all the time because I'm planning events during the future, but I'm here in the present now. And like, the time between now and the future is planning events is anxious, right? Yeah. It's anxiety driven. And just stressed, stressed all the time about everything because that's the normal way to, to be. This is what I believe. That's who she was. The snow globe illustration that you gave is so interesting. I spend a lot of mornings that I drive from Coral Gables to the beach. Mm. Um, and my employees probably think, oh, he's at the beach again. <laughs> but really in those moments is where I'm letting everything settle and my mind is still going. But I'm processing all these different moving pieces that are going on. And then like just yesterday, the day before, I sent them like a long text like, hey, this is my vision. This is my plan. This is what mm -hmm. I want to do. But if I don't take those moments to step away and reflect and kind of see that vision. And it's also self-care. All these other things won't happen because then I'm just caught in this process of being here in the mm -hmm. whirlwind. Mm -hmm. and, but if I step away and I take care of myself for a little while, I can analyze my life my relationships, mm -hmm. and I, I get that vision mm -hmm. from afar. But when you're in it and you're inside of that snow globe, what do you see? All you see is the haze exactly. and the chaos. Exactly. So that's I, I'm trying to preach to people, I guess without realizing it, I, I preach a lot of personal development mm -hmm. and self-care. Yes. yes. Because I feel like those are, are those, that's the fountain that I need to draw from in order for me to pour out into the world what I desire and what I really want, mm -hmm. which is love, kindness, compassion, gratitude, kindness, and all these other things that just being a good human mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Will naturally overflow. I need to start from coming you? up with a bunch of cool acronyms too, man. I can help you. Yeah. We can have, it. We can <laughs> have Did a Did you hear Erica? <laughs> She's like, oh God. Because she's not going to take it seriously. <laughs> Listen, I take my acronym creation process very seriously. I got a bunch of four-letter words I can make acronyms on, all right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so good. <laughs> That's, That's so, so good. Listen, I... Um, and it ain't park. But, you know, I started saying... I, I'm trying to see how I can tie another acronym to what you're saying. Cool. And I can. Because what I've learned is that in order to really be the spark of kindness, which is what I've... what The only thing I've ever set out to be it's just the spark of kindness, the one that just starts that ripple effect, the one that, you know, creates the event that brings people together and then magic happens because they met at what I did, mm -hmm. right? Or the connection that I made. I'm just the spark of kindness. Someone who performs acts of random kindness. Correct. <laughs> but spark 
that's what it was when I started my foundation 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. SPARK was the acronym for someone who performs acts of random kindness. Mm-hmm. And what I learned in my journey is that in order to be the spark of kindness and not burn out, is you have to be someone who performs and receives kindness. SPARK, someone who performs and receives kindness. If you are not willing mm-hmm. to receive your own kindness, your kindness from others, the kindness that the universe wants to give you, if you're not aware and present and open to receive that, you are responsible for blocking the currency of kindness in your own life. So you, what I would say to that younger self who I was in high school is that I was blocking the ability to receive the kindness that was present there for me, mm-hmm. the appreciation that was there for me. Because to tie this back, sometimes I go off on tangents, but I always tie it back to the yearbook when I opened it. Mm-hmm. A whole page dedicated, a two-page spread dedicated to me. Someone that put so much into her class, and I wasn't going to buy a yearbook. I wasn't going to buy an ad. I didn't have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. I worked two jobs, and I did all this after-school stuff. I was like, I'm not going to spend a couple hundred dollars on a yearbook ad. Mm-hmm. But my friends pulled together money, got together the pictures. My sister designed it, all my friends in the yearbook club, and they all signed it. Like, a ton of people mm-hmm. contributed. Teenagers with, like, $5 to spare, maybe, <laughs> in Hialeah, yeah. Miami Lakes. Yeah, right. Contributed all of their dollars to buy me an ad and if that's not gratitude my goodness i feel grateful in that moment but what i meant to express is that i wasn't present to the kindness and the gratitude that was coming in my way i wasn't open to receiving it i just wanted to give 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 and if you're listening and you're one of these beautiful givers like adrian and i are and people in, in mental health and the healthcare professionals nonprofit professionals people in the giving in the service teachers nurses, teachers nurses oh my god doctor yeah right People that are about people. Yeah. That are really about people. That are really about yeah. people. Listen closely. Preach. <laughs> you have to be someone who performs and receives kindness. That is the only way that we can sustain <laughs> our movements, our businesses, our nonprofits, our causes, our visions is through allowing ourselves to receive And it starts with you receiving your own kindness and making that time to be kind. So as of the last six years where I put a pause on my park project, I put a pause on a lot of my quote-unquote extracurricular activities so that I can focus on myself and building a family and laying a strong foundation, forced me to take that pause, let that snow globe like settle. And it was not easy. I didn't want to. I wanted to work and get back to it, but forced Mm -hmm. to stop my events business right? During the pandemic, no events, right? So I had to pivot to virtual and but just allow everything to just stop for a moment so that I can get that bird's eye view, really look at my vision, which is to create a world where everyone performs acts of random kindness. Hashtag we park. (laughs) I love it. Then I really needed to, to give myself that time to be kind to myself. So that now from this place, where I I can give from my abundance and from the overflow, not from a place of lack Mm -hmm. and from a place that I'm not willing to receive all of the kindness that the universe and that others want to give me. I am super open to to receiving now. And and my kids were definitely the spark of that. Like, my God, the immense amount of like overwhelming amount of joy that my kids give me. It's honest. It's overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like so much love. (laughs) 
<laughs> that you're like, wow. My daughter's 12. I'm lacking love now at this oh, point. Right. I'm sorry to be the bear of bad news. <laughs> different <boy>. phases, <laughs> yeah. different phases. I'm going to take all the kisses and hugs from my boys as Listen, long as I can. <laughs> take them. I take do. Them. I do. I savor them. Oh my! I used to remember, I, I remember thinking when Eva was one to three mm. years old saying, well, how many times have I, if I had a dollar for every time I've kissed this child today, I'd be good. I'd pay the rent, oh, pay just, the mortgage. It's just delicious. It's beautiful, right? You know, so I um, embrace it. I, I know that my self-care journey has also helped me become a, a, a better mom, has equipped me to be the present mom that I am in amidst a pandemic, amidst having to re rebuild my business and rebuild my nonprofit and put out my podcast and put out all my projects, still feel that I'm an incredibly present mom means the absolute world to me what's the name of your podcast so people can follow you time to be kind with marley q there you go mm -hmm. time Thank to you. be kind with marley q yes. of course that's what we're here for can i invite you to be on my podcast Absol can i put you on the spot 100 yes. all right great yeah. we'll do it um i was gonna say oh as you were talking i was thinking wow i sometimes block kindness mm -hmm. i often discredit the compliments that people give me right and I'm, I was asking, as you were talking, I was asking, why? You know, why do I do that? Why can't I just say thank you? Or mm -hmm. say, you know what, you're right. I have put a lot of work into this. And I think a lot of us are, a lot of us that are constantly giving, I'm not sure why we do that. I'm not sure why either. And I love that we're talking about this because for a whole year, I practiced receiving compliments. I was the absolute worst at receiving compliments until somebody put it, like this to me They're like you know when someone tells you marley i love your smile or i love your hair which are two compliments that i get quite often mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i i now can really look at that person and fully just smile and say thank you like really really fully receive it mm -hmm. i was absolutely incapable of doing that a couple years ago i'd be like oh my god really my hair i just woke up i don't even look how frizzy it mm -hmm. is and my smile is kind of off to the side it's kind of weird i would have just been like oh no come on like just and when you do that, you are giving that kindness back to that person. Be like, now your kindness isn't good enough for me. This is an incredibly unkind thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, I guess someone put it in that perspective for me. It's like, wow, like somebody just gave you a gift. And you're like, no, I don't want that. You can return that. That's yeah. not my. No, thanks. I'm good. No, thanks. I'm good. Like yeah. that is not what I would ever do. Right? So. That was one of my like homework assignments that I did on my you know personal uh, growth journey was you're going to practice receiving every compliment that comes your way just with a thank you. You're going to smile. You're going to breathe, breathe it in and say thank you. And that's it. That's awesome. That was a practice. That was hard. Well, but now I'm really good at it. Sounds like I, I have some practicing to do. <laughs> I'm glad we brought it up because you're not alone. I, I think that that many of us don't you know, we like to give compliments but we're not that good at receiving them. So practice that today. If you're or somebody will tell me congratulations because this, like, let's say this practice has grown and I, and I just say, not yet. Mm. That was one, one of my repetitive, unsupportive thoughts. It's like, it's not ready yet. Like, I'm not ready to receive that yeah, acknowledgement or mm -hmm. that feature or, or that interview. I'm not ready yet. I haven't accomplished enough. Yeah. I haven't achieved what I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Those thoughts for me, are some of those like unsupportive thoughts that when I catch myself, because now I am aware of what those unsupportive thoughts are, it's like, oh, look at that. I don't mm -hmm. have to be ready in order to start. It doesn't have to be perfect in order for it to be good enough. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to, you know, be like beautiful to perfection in order for it to be effective. 
right? For example. So I now have the awareness of when I'm doing that to myself, which is not supportive. And, and I try to flip it, working on it. Working on it too. <laughs> Constant work in progress, yes. <laughs> so something else that, are, that I remember you doing often and that I was never invited to, it was a woman's summit. That's why I, ah, I was like, oh, no, I really try to invite everybody to my events. No, no, it was a woman's summit. I, I'm glad you didn't invite me. Um, but talk to me a little bit about those women's summits um, and, and what they meant and what you were trying to do through those summits. Oh, my goodness. So the Women's Success Summit was was such a big part of my evolution. So I've been um, I started my company in 2010 as Starmar Events. It was an event consulting company. And before that moment, January 2010, I had never ran a business, known anything about business. I didn't have a business plan, projections, Welcome to my strategy. Life. Uh, I didn't have an email list or a social media following. I mean, I'm talking about I just knew in my gut that I got to get out of this and go this way. And Michelle Villalobos um, is who created and founded the Women's Success Summit. And I went to that event. And I'm sitting in the audience and I'm like, I love this. Like this is professional and business development, but it's also personal growth and development. It's all these women in this room, like supporting each other. I never like been surrounded like by this much feminine energy out to rule the world. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> I need to be a part. You know, it's a lot. It's just a lot. <laughs> I, I had never been a part of that. I never had a business coach or anything like that. So I see this, this woman and I stay after the event and I'm like, hi, I'm Marley Q and here's my card. Actually, I wasn't Marley Q yet. I was, I was, I was just Marlene. <laughs> and I didn't, Marley Q became like my brand name and my business later when I decided to, to make that shift and become a quote unquote kindness influencer. But anyway, I introduced myself. I gave her my car and I said, hey, I plan events and I really love what you've created here. And I think that I can help. Can I volunteer and serve on your board and, you know, maybe support with this event for your next event? She's like, oh my God, that'd be great. And we stayed in touch and she did invite me and I and I participated in these events that I was a part of for almost a decade were the spark of so many really meaningful connections and business opportunities and uh, relationships and friendships that I still have to this day. As a matter of fact, if I look at my podcast episodes, I've recorded, I've released maybe 30 something, more than half of those people. I met at the Women's Success Summit wow. and have remained all these, like the ripple effect. When we go back to talking about the ripple effect of kindness, my goodness, like this ripple effect continues and we work on things together and we create new things. And I could trace them all back to that event, the Women's Success Summit. And it wasn't my creation. This was a client that I supported in, in growing that event. And I emceed it. I actually became an MC thanks to that event. Even though I had been emceeing pep rallies since high school, I realized that I can get paid to hold a microphone and speak thanks to that event. It's funny that you're saying this. And I'm thinking about all the people who have inspired me throughout my life. And the, major I, the majority have been women. Mm. The majority of women. I, I'm the only dude who's working here in-house right now. So mm. I'm the only guy who's working in, in my company. And I, I'm thinking women just... I don't know. Women have this light. They have a gift. At least I see it that way. Mm. Um, and I wish that, I don't know, I, I, I want to empower women just like I want to empower my daughter. And yes. I have always empowered her. I've always said to her, you know, you're strong. You're smart. Um, you can do it. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to say that to any woman. Yes. Right? You're strong. You know, you're smart. You can do I it. I think it's interesting that the universe gave me boys. Yeah. Because I have always thought 
it's interesting you said you're the only like man here in 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 house mm-hmm. right for in in um and i'm producing an event in may for mental health awareness called the mankind summit little plug here mm-hmm. mankind summit and i love the idea of more men feeling empowered to share stories authentically and vulnerably the way that you do i feel that is incredibly important to empower more men to practice self-care and get the massages and get your nails done Mm -hmm. and take time off and whatever it is for you if it's going to the beach or playing golf or throwing axes at the wall or a hammer but how is self-care even thought of as something feminine why is that let's talk about that why is self-care feminine why because men again it goes back to men just feeling like they need to be strong and proud and they don't need any help no no and they just need to be workers and doers yeah no 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 and laborers so i am hoping that through example i am able to teach my boys as they grow that it is incredibly important to make time to be kind to yourself to make time for play right work and play every day that's something else that my my mentor michelle villalobos one of the women's success summit that was a theme work and play every day and back then who i was made no time for play like none zero there's no time to play like 12 with friends and just watch a movie or no i don't have time for that i don't have time for play and i'm so grateful that that's changed and my children have really helped me to change that because it is essential to factor in time for fun and play that's how we we get to spark new ideas and free up mental like space for new ideas to come up, right? And, and, and to breathe. So having fun is a way of practicing self-care as well. And I think that men can maybe start to see self-care in, in their own way. Like when I try to teach people about self-care, it's not, self-care doesn't look like a massage and a manicure and a pedicure. No, and a, like that's not what it looks like, mm-hmm. right? We take the time to really assess for yourself what, how do you feel cared for? yourself what care do i need today because every day you may feel something different in order to feel cared for Mm -hmm. right it could be i just need five minutes to my dang self today (laughs) five minutes right and i'll lock myself in my bathroom and close the door and i still hear my son outside the door mama i need five minutes puppy mommy's breathing yeah just give me a second i just need to breathe and he really does hear me breathe (laughs) sometimes he's like mommy you're breathing like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) i'm just breathing puppy i'm just breathing Give me a second. That's all. <laughs> there's a there's a cartoon. This could be edited out. There's a cartoon. No, we don't di- edit. We don't edit here. Sorry. <laughs> Tigers, can we edit this out? There's a little Tigers neighborhood or something like that. Guys, forgive me. I have a three year old and a one year old. I watch cartoons all, like often, and there's one where when they feel so mad, the tigers say, "When you feel so mad that you wanna roar, take a deep breath and count to four. And we do this in my house religiously. <laughs> We're like, oh, when you feel so mad, I just start singing. When you like, when I, because I'm so mad, I just start singing. When you feel so mad, and he's like, and he goes away. He's like, oh, I got it. Mom's about to go through oh it. Oh my god, you guy! I'm like, I'm giving you a few seconds to sing this thing for you to like, go pick up the toys or put the clothes, whatever I told you to do. <laughs> that's great. So that's self care. Sing a little song, like do a little something to like help yourself. All right, I'm not gonna. I'll flip out right now. I'm just going to. Yeah, and self-care looks so different for everyone, right? It could Self-care could mean photography. Self-care could mean getting involved in a documentary or, or creating watering a your film. Plants. Watering your plants. Breathing. Yoga. Going to the gym. 
laying in a park and doing absolutely nothing. Looking at the clouds. That's it. That could be self-care. That's actually really a good practice yeah. so that we can learn how to like see our thoughts that way. And like just, mm, there it is. It's just temporary. Like, what a silly. God, you're going down that spiral of like thinking. There you go. Going down that rut again. Oh, a little cloud passing by. Right? But it takes practice. It takes practice to, to be aware of your mind and be aware of is it supportive, is it not supportive. And if we don't stop to pause and see that, then we're just stuck in the doing, in the doing. And it's not, again, not about doing kindness, it's about being kindness. Mm -hmm. So what about, what? what is the Mankind Summit? You <laughs> mentioned it, but. Yeah, so uh, we're working on this now, mm -hmm. but I, I can definitely share, MAN is an acronym. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I do crack myself up, sorry guys. <laughs> I'm too much fun with myself here and my, uh, my brilliant acronyms. But is, it is brilliant because, so, MAN stands for Mental Awareness Now. So my message with this event is I want to create mental awareness now for all mankind and have people reach the summit of their own, you know, self-care success. Like what does that look like mm -hmm. for you to feel like mentally calm and productive? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like for you to, or what does it take for you to feel like rested or recharged, right? What does that look like? And actually making the time to reflect on these things so that we're not just in the going, going, going. We make the time to consider what are our needs? How do I need to care for myself? Nobody teaches you how to take care of yourself. Nobody teaches you how, like, how to care for yourself when you're going through certain emotions or certain situations, Nobody teaches you to do that. So I think that making the time or what I can contribute is creating the space, creating the container, the event for these breakthroughs, for this clarity, for these decisions, these commitments to self to happen, right? And I walk people through a process of, I hear a lot when people say, you know, I feel like a hot mess, right? At least a lot of women, I hear this. Mm -hmm. like, I feel like a hot in mess. In the hospital, I used to hear that all the time. I look yeah. like a hot mess if I'm doing a Zoom meeting, but they're not turning on the camera because I look like a hot mess or whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? And I, and I, and I joke because I was like, well, when you feel like a hot mess, you just need to pause and check your mess PF. <laughs> and mess PF, <laughs> I know you're having so much fun with me and that's okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm married to someone who hates all of my acronyms. I knew, and I I knew Bert was not He's having so it. He's so not about it. But guess what? He's like, do you think you can tone it down for acronyms no, no, no. for me? But Bert, I'll be honest with you, Park <laughs> stuck with me. Thanks. I see Park and I think of performing acts of random. If things. I have one good one, it's that one. That's it. No. Uh, what, was the, the, what was the man? Man is mental awareness now. I, I think that, that can catch too. I think it can catch for sure. But Park embedded i see mm -hmm. park and i'm like hmm or i'll see somebody doing something i'm like oh park okay park. cool she's parking that's an yeah. opportunity to park that's good it was meant to be sticky so that makes me happy thank you do you have thank an educational you. background what was your your back it was an education i have a master's in higher education okay mm -hmm. so that's why I, I figured i was like wait did she go to school for marketing or mm -hmm. for education thank you actually almost everyone no one's ever really asked me for my like credentials but when I do get asked, it's usually just out of curiosity. And most people think I either got like a marketing or a PR background or no, something like that. I, and I'm like, nope, nope. Education for sure. Education. So I actually have a liberal studies degree. And because I didn't know what I wanted to be, I guess. So I was like, hey, liberal studies. I get to choose whatever I want. And we're going to call it a degree. Great. That's what I did. A liberal studies. And then I got like 16 certificates <laughs> under that. 
and um, my Always master's. 16. No, I don't know. Yeah. All sorts of things. Um, a master's in, in, in higher ed. Back then, I thought that I was going to teach high school. No, work in, in university level oh, okay. and student affairs and get to plan events, right? To be like the student life director or, you know, deal with with um, with college students mm -hmm. and, and helping them plan events and do community service. That's what I thought I was going to do. Be like in student leadership. And what steered you away from that? Nothing steered me away. I feel like I I use my oh, my higher ed degree in, in my philanthropy and my business and all of the team engagement, the volunteer boards that I sit on. But I just never... You know, I, I, I decided to, to start my own business and, and become an entrepreneur before I, you know, ever got to really like go down that path. But I loved the, the curriculum, right? I just, yeah. uh, I just applied it in my own way. There's a couple of people who I could say are part of this podcast unknowingly, right? One is, well, my friends from Miami Lit. So Miami Lit Podcast is a pretty cool podcast. You should check it out. Cool, I will. Um, Jenny's awesome. Manny runs it in the background. Awesome couple. Um, much like you and Bert. Mm -hmm. um, who else? My friend Tony from Devious Elements Apparel, who invited me on to his random live in the middle of COVID. Uh, my friend Eduardo from Raw Endurance, who I have him on my phone as El Campeón de los Drones. So oh. he's my Venezuelan <laughs> friend who is a master video editor and he loves using his drone um, and you. I, and I just realized this now as we're mm. talking. And the reason is, like I told you yesterday on the phone, you ran this experiment on yourself. Mm -hmm. Instagram had just come up with this live feature and you would be driving and hit live and just be like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. But I'm going live as an experiment to myself just to try to use this medium yes. and to communicate with you guys. And then you would just go off yes. and just talk as you would drive. Yes. And maybe, I'm so sorry. No. I don't, <laughs> are you, are you that, sat through any of that? But I remember that in that moment, I was like, oh, Marlene's just crazy. It's okay. She's good. She's just having fun with it. Whatever she's doing. All right. I get it. Or this is marketing and, and but it was very intentional, my friend. I I, 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 know I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that because that was a huge um, like step for me to kind of get out of my own way yeah. and do something that I know I was called to like grow and step outside of my comfort zone. I am someone that is completely comfortable being behind the scenes, mm -hmm. being quietly living my life, doing good without needing to be, you know, uh, like out there. Like, and unfortunately. That's not what my nonprofit needs. That's not what my my movement needs. My movement needs me to be in front of it and mm -hmm. and and be the spark, right? So I had to really um, get past my own like kind of self limiting beliefs or or insecurities or self doubt or imposter syndrome, call it whatever you will. Um, but it was a very intentional practice to have a Snapchat account, which I haven't used in years anymore, but to do it, to hit live on Facebook, to hit live on Instagram and just try it. And now with Clubhouse, where it came out during the pandemic, I jumped on that. And I'm like, great. I could look like a hot mess at home with a baby and spit up all over me and still be able to hit record and, and, and connect with people, right? During this time of isolation and disconnection, Clubhouse was a great medium for that. And, and it all started several years ago, just hitting live. Just what like advice that. would you give to that person who has imposter syndrome, who's afraid of putting their face out there, mm -hmm. who might be struggling to get their business off the ground, but they are their own barrier? <sighs> what advice do you give that person that's listening right now? I would say you have permission to brag. <laughs> Here we go, Bert. 
Here we go. Do this you want to hear my brilliant acronym or not? I mean, I'm just saying, do you want me to drop some brilliant knowledge here uh, with my acronym or not? <laughs> you can laugh, but it's great. No, I love it. I'm thinking of your husband right now. I know. He's the worst. His Gosh. eyes are rolled up to the You know bank. how much I have to believe in myself in order to deal with the man? Like, he'd be like, oh, God. And when, if he drafts an email for me, he's like, did I use enough exclamation marks? No. He's so great. That's I awesome. I love him. So what I would say... And what I said to myself, I had to redefine what it meant for me to be self-promotional and for me to become a personal brand and for me to be the face of my business and the face of my nonprofit. Like deciding to do that and become, quote unquote, Marley Q, um, like own that as was really difficult. It was really difficult for me. And what I would say to anyone that, that maybe struggles with that is that you have permission to be real and grateful. BRAG is an acronym for be real and grateful. And if you can, if you can get past the unsupportive, the repeating unsupportive thoughts of if you go live, you're just, you know, you are being uh, self, you know, promotional. You are just trying to, what it's, just be aware of what, your unsupportive thoughts are when you're about to go live or hit record or start doing something so that you can support yourself and be like, I have permission to be real and grateful and to just share with people what's on my heart, what's on my mind to say and to give yourself the kindness and the permission to not get it right the first time and to maybe babble and go off on a tangent and have the kindness to maybe look at that recording without criticizing yourself so that you can see how you can you could have delivered that message shorter, mm -hmm. more clear, more concise. Going through that process was excruciatingly difficult for me, but I did it and I stuck through it. And even though it's still sometimes difficult for me to hit record or, or to you know start speaking on my own podcast, it's still challenging. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot better at taking a nice deep breath and being like, I just need to be real and grateful. Mm -hmm. And the more that I can reframe uh, or even just put my perspective on the other person that's listening to my voice and, and think of like a friend, right? Just think of someone that I want to say like, hey, you know, I came up with this really great new acronym and I want to share it with you, <laughs> right? Instead of like, I need to hit record and share my expertise and thought leadership no, with all. the world. Yeah. And like, don't come, don't come from that place because mm -hmm. you're putting extra pressure on yourself to, yeah, to, to, and you're going to come off like a braggart probably because it's not coming from the place of I'm just trying to be real and grateful and share what's on my heart, whether it's you know, an inspirational something, a story that you went through, something that you just achieved, something that you just failed at, and you want to share it with other people. Know that the power of your voice far extends your perception of <laughs> how you sound. Other people reach it. Other, other people receive your voice and your message differently than the way you receive your voice and your message. Of course. And I've learned that for myself so many times. People, someone just told me the other day, I listened to X podcast episode of yours, which I think was not a good podcast episode. Mm -hmm. It was not polished. It was not, you know, the audio quality was not up to par to my husband's standards. <laughs> if you're watching, <laughs> it was like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. And that's the podcast episode this person was saying was really you know, made an impact for them. And I'm like, thank you again, universe, for that reminder that it's not about, you know, what we think is like ready and polished and perfect, but rather be real and grateful. You have permission to brag and share whatever the heck is in your heart to share with the world. 
and the right people will receive it. Yeah. And if it's a message that you're supposed to keep sharing it, re like iteration, share it again mm -hmm. and share it again and you'll be able to share it shorter, clearer, more concisely. I've been talking about park for four, 12 years now. When I started talking about park, yeah. listen, we'd be like on a two hour podcast episode by now, mm -hmm. right? But doing it over and over again allows you to refine your message, get out there and reach the right people. So you have permission to brag. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, I'm thinking of a sculptor at first. You're just chiseling away at all this excess before you have this finished, polished product, right? And it's the same thing yeah. with speech. That's great. That's a great analogy. That's great. I mean, it's not that great, but it's okay. I'll take it. I think it's great. <laughs> we were talking about accepting compliments. <laughs> Screw it up already, man. <laughs> Let's try again. I'm that was a really great <laughs> analogy. I liked it. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. No, but seriously, I, 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 and I do the same thing when I'm going back and listening to the podcast, I'm just thinking about how can I, how can I ask a better question? Mm -hmm. How can I use the same thought process and the same idea, but deliver it in a more fluid manner? Yes. And right. you only do that by, you only know that and can have that reflection and can make that refinement by having done it the way that you did. So we are the ones that have to allow and give ourselves permission to not get it right, not get it perfect and not sound super polished and like, you know, and, and find either the people or the environments, what I would call like the container, for example, that's why I, I feel like events are so powerful is because you are deciding that during this period of time, I'm going to work on my self care. So you are, you are allotting the space, the container, the time, the safe and, you know, uh, the safe place to not be perfect and to maybe share what your vision is and what you want you know, to change in the world or what your cause is. You can share it with a room full of kind-minded people who are holding space for you to stutter, not get it right, take three minutes longer than you could have, and to give you feedback mm -hmm. and give you the recording so that you can listen to that and let's refine that and get better at it. For a long time, I was just, I, I was only using Instagram for my photography and my voice, my face, nothing more. Maybe my voice was in the captions, but it was nothing. I would be watching you right, and other people who were putting themselves out there. But I just, for whatever reasons, I just felt like, uh, like if I do it, then I, it's narcissistic. Or like you said, it's self-promotional. Or people, you know, people are going to think X, Y, and Z about me. And I think that's the mentality a lot of people have. Yes. And it wasn't until COVID where I don't know what happened, um, where I just decided... Well, first I had this practice, so I realized, you know what, you I have, have to. to I have to do something to promote this practice besides mm -hmm. just a little blip about it. Mm -hmm. Like I got to jump on and talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. I have to let people know what I'm doing and they have to see my face. I'm the face of the company, whether exactly. I like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Exactly. That was the realization that I had for myself. I was like, whether you like it or not, this mission, this was in your heart and you took action on it. You have to step outside of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and as much as you don't want to be seen you don't and at the same time all we want is to be seen as yeah. people isn't that interesting it's, right? it's like the weirdest thing but to be aware of that and and purposefully intentionally quote-unquote put yourself out there i've seen you do that over the last two years and i've loved it i've loved seeing you um post your your thoughts and get people engaged in conversation and and sharing different um viewpoints mm -hmm. right um i've been super ad like uh, um admiring of you for that from afar over the last two years and i've noticed and i've noticed and i know for me in my world people noticed that like when i started doing that too mm -hmm. and i'm like and i thought the same thing i was like god like 
yeah, Marley's so like, she's, she's with her kindness thing again, just yeah. promoting us. She's so great, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, oh God, like that's not what it's about. It's not. But when I get a phone call from a random person that never like calls me and is like, Marley, you know what? I just want to say thank you for how you show up and how you're always reminding people to be kind and, and you go out there because right now somebody just passed by that with a sign that needed money for something and I thought of Park. And I know that I wouldn't have helped, I wouldn't have put my window down and helped that person had you not come into my mind in this moment. And I'm bawling, I, don't, I can barely speak to this person. I'm just like, thank you so much, I feel so seen and recognized and appreciated, right? Like, <sighs> And that's the ripple. That's the that ripple. That one little moment is the ripple. That, that it just made you feel so good and then that I was open to like receiving that right um, and so then when you know like your own heart right when you know that you're not doing that in order to mm-hmm. get the phone call or get the recognition no 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 that's when you have to be just honest with yourself right and now when you have just like that peace then give yourself permission to brag and brag all day long will some people read you the wrong way and think whatever they want about you whether yeah. you put yourself out there or not people We'll have opinions either way. I have to be okay with my own opinion of me and my own self-acknowledgement, how we were talking about, so that I know that if I'm putting myself out there and I'm bragging about all my great work and about my park project and about all my things, I'm doing it in service of others. And I'm just so clear about that already that, but it took practice. It took a ton of practice and it took a lot of getting out of my own like discomfort to just, just keep doing it and be consistent and show up and the right people will listen uh, to your message, the right, the people that you are meant to serve, you will draw them in yeah. by just sharing your voice. So you're doing it. You're yeah. doing a great job. And, and thank you. Thank you for, I mean it. Um, it's, it's hard to, um, I guess in, in putting myself out there, sometimes I'm like, wait, and I'm checking myself. Am I doing this because I really want to help people or am I doing this to gain business? Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, my purpose is to help people. Mm-hmm. And I know that because when somebody reaches out to me, and even though I can't help them, I find somebody who can. And it's not about profit. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting more patience here. This is going to grow no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I know that. I know it's going to grow. It's, it's inevitable because there's a huge need for mental health. Huge. People need help. Um, the pandemic definitely affected a lot of people uh, in a negative way or in a positive way where they realized they needed help. Where it they exposed these issues right. that were there and they were buried and compartmentalized and they were just going through their day-to-day without stopping and looking themselves in the mirror. And the pandemic forced them to stop for their lives to halt exactly. and for them to truly look at themselves and look at their family and look at their situation and look at their finances and look at their job, look at their professions, look at their purpose in life and finally say, I need a change. And so this practice will grow. But it was never about that. Mm. It was always about helping that one person. And every time I get a DM, and my DMs are not exciting. Mm. I, I, just like people probably get tired of, oh, and I don't think they do. I think what you're putting out is, is beautiful, and I think it needs to be more contagious. Mm. But maybe some people do get annoyed. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people get annoyed with me. When I used to lecture at UM, mm-hmm. I would be like, guys, Today, this lecture is not going to be fun, exciting, <laughs> or uplifting. I'm talking about depression, anxiety, mm. and suicide. I'm talking about trauma. Yeah. So I'm sure whenever I jump online and I start talking about depression, anxiety, suicide rates, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are turned off by it. But it, behind all of that, 
my intentions are there, my purpose is there. You're giving people permission to be real and grateful by you, quote unquote, bragging. You are allowing the people that need to listen to those messages, whether it's for themselves or for someone in their life. You, You owe it to your mission and to your purpose of helping others to think about ourselves less and how uncomfortable and how much I hate pressing record and, and, and putting myself out there. I really rather just be a hermit. My, like, And I actually learned that through COVID. I was like, wow, I'm perfectly happy in my own, in my own space, mm-hmm. right? This is a, an effort, an intentional effort to, to give and mm-hmm. to put out there what you have, right? And I think that the more that you do it, you are giving other people permission to do the same. And that's really the, the purpose of the Mankind Summit at the end of the day mm-hmm. is to give people the opportunity to say, man, I can be better in the way that I take care of myself. And it doesn't have to be this like, oh, my God, huge, like, you know, overwhelming life transformational thing. It's about the little things. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about kindness and no act of kindness, no matter how small is ever wasted. It's about what are the little things, the little habits, the little routines, rituals that we can do in our daily lives to support ourselves and take care of ourselves so that we can show up for our kids and be present and fully there because we're not lost in the frazzleness of our mind and what we didn't get to do or didn't get to accomplish or I didn't get to do that. We're not having these unsupportive thoughts anymore. We're actually allowing ourselves to practice mental awareness now. Like, what is my mental awareness now? Right before, if I'm about to uh, have a meeting that I'm a little bit nervous about, I'm like, what's my mental awareness now? Like, what am I thinking right now? Am I thinking, oh my God, is this person like gonna think i suck because i was a couple minutes late are they are they like sitting around waiting for me like is that supportive or not i'm like listen you send a message i'm gonna be a couple minutes late and i'm gonna take a breath as i'm going up and you know those are supportive thoughts that i say to myself now Mm -hmm. but before if i would be running late to a meeting like i am causing an immense amount of stress in my body because what are they gonna think and i'm gonna be late and i'm so unprofessional and uh, whatever please but this is who i was worried anxious stress i'm the least professional person in this office (laughs) This is true. And I'm super professional. And if I'm a couple minutes late to a meeting, it doesn't mean that I'm unprofessional. You're right. It was funny because I stopped you outside, like before we came mm-hmm. in here to sit down. Um, Eric and I had spoken about it before that we've brought people in and we immediately sit down mm-hmm. and we, we go. Mm-hmm. And you came in, like, be, regardless of the fact that you, you were running a little bit late. I intentionally was going to sit out there just for a second. I super appreciate it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the right place. Good, thanks. Yeah, because we need to stop and just take a breath and be easy on ourselves. Yes. Because I don't know, why do we constantly put this pressure on ourselves? Mm. Why are we constantly trying to just run and run and run? Yeah. And if there's anything I want any listener to hear right now is slow down. Slow down. There's no need to plow through it. I used to do that a lot. Like, I woke up with a migraine today. Uh I suffer from migraines every once in a while. And I woke up with one today and I was like, oh no, my old, who I was, worried, anxious, stressed, mm-hmm. would wake up with a migraine and be like, oh no, sister girl, you've got a long ass day today. You've got <laughs> this and this and this. You better, mm, let's go, plow through it. And I will. I will completely ignore how my body is feeling and just plow through it and get through what I need to do. I'm perfectly capable of doing that. And I also know where that ends. <laughs> I've done that many times. Now, if I wake up and I'm not feeling well, I'm like, I always take care of the kids in the morning. My husband's not a morning person. Mm-hmm. I have I love the mornings. I wake up in the morning cheerfully with my kids. Today, 
I'm not waking up cheerfully with the kids. I have a migraine and I have a long day and I need to take care of myself. I'm going to take a long shower. I put the monitor by my husband. I'm like, hey, be attentive when the kids wake up. Handle them though. I love you. Sorry. Sorry. I don't feel good. Sorry. I don't feel good today. And, and that's it. And I would have never, I would, that would have never happened before my decision to practice self-care. That would have never happened. I'm like, I am not going to wake him up. He goes to sleep way later than I do. That's that's selfish. That's like unsupportive to him. And now he's not going to have a full night's sleep. You can give them their milk. It's not a big deal for you. You just like I would have just plowed through it. And then at the end of the day, after I, I did everything I needed to do for everybody else, I'd get home and be sick and have a migraine. Now I can't eat because I haven't eaten all day. And, and I'm just... There gets to a point where you're like, wow, why are you being so unkind to to you? Like, why? You don't deserve that, right? And and having that that time to really reflect and be honest with how do you take care of yourself or not? And not from a judgment place, from like a mindfulness place. Let's yeah. just look at it. All of this, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no. off, but all of this boils down to self-awareness. Self-awareness. That's why it's mental awareness now because we hear a lot about mental health or mm-hmm. mental illness. Okay, there's mental health. Mental health isn't just like the the lack of illness no part of a psychological evaluation is insight does the person have insight into their issue right somebody can be going through psychosis and at least and be aware of their thoughts mm-hmm. of their thought process or you can be psychotic and delusional and have no awareness of what you're going through you can be depressed and present with all these signs and symptoms of depression but have zero insight or awareness mm-hmm. And so that's why having insight, being self-aware, checking in with yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, laying down and just breathing that's and processing key. life is really going to be a, a huge part of your mental health. Yes. Because if you're not aware. You're just going to keep doing, doing, doing. Yeah. So checking in with yourself, having insight is going to be tremendous for anybody. Um, it's been such a, a, a deep like lesson for me in my life and huge shift that I I think especially now I've given myself the time to be kind and kind of rest from my big quote unquote event failure six years ago, which was not a failure at all. Actually, looking back, um, it was a super successful event. I just wasn't present and aware to the success that it actually was because I was too focused on where it failed and so what didn't. That, that's touch on that Mm -hmm. where was it that you felt it failed i know you talked about numbers Mm -hmm. and uh, finances Uh, so where did it fail and where did you later on see that oh no this was actually a huge success yeah thank you so real quick for those listening i don't i'm not sure that for context i produced um uh, an event called the 5k park fest i created this actually the 10th anniversary of 9 11 was the first 5k freedom run and park festival it was the first event that I, I created for the community um, on my own, right? So I, I no longer like had a job where I was, I mean, I've, I've always planned events for the last 20 years, but as far as like for my own company, for my own nonprofit, this was my first event. And it was the 10th anniversary of 9-11. We had zero, like I mentioned earlier, zero emails, zero social media, zero business plan, zero plan at all. And actually under three months, all we wanted to do was to create a 5K that inspired people to park for our servicemen and women so that we can commemorate the 10th anniversary of 9-11 in a way that honored, that remembered, that celebrated our servicemen and women and the people that, you know, ran to towards, um, you know, the terror and everything that was going on then, give them a day to honor them and thank them. 
that was the purpose of that event. Didn't Park Project also, I, I don't know if it was that initial one, but afterwards, didn't it become this event where you would take all these proceeds and then donate to different nonprofits? Yes. So you were almost like this nonprofit that just wanted to support other nonprofits. Exactly, exactly. That's how this started. It started with that one event and we raised, um, we had over 600 people come. We raised about $13,000 and donated it to like veteran organizations. Mm -hmm. And then we did that event for two years and I realized I got really burnt out. I had to file for bankruptcy. I got heavily into wow. debt. Um, it was very difficult. And then we won the Miami Herald Business Plan Challenge because I came back with that event as a platform to allow anybody to raise money for their cause. So I was coming at, um, at it now from a place of, I wanna create an event that where other nonprofit organizations don't have to spend all the time, money, energy, you know, to produce their own 5K, which is a big undertaking. And I believe most small nonprofits shouldn't be planning 5Ks and galas and all these big functions. They should be focused on their cause. So I created an event to allow people to fundraise for whatever cause they cared about. And that we did that for three years. And in those three years, we were able to donate over $50,000 to several dozen charities oh. here in South Florida. And I looked back, our 2016 event, which is the one where I f felt that I had failed because our goal was like over 2,000 people. This was in um, October of 2016 during election year mm -hmm. and people flying to Washington, D.C. to like, you know, um, you know, versus Trump and Hitler. You know. Anyway, all these protests were going on here and I, I was just livid. I was so angry that only 800 people came to my event and that I lost, I don't know how much money at that event. I was really angry because I felt that people wanted to support protests and wanted to support anti-movements rather than a pro love and kindness event in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. I was angry. I was like, really? So you got good people that are coming together. You have good sponsors. You have all these amazing volunteers. This event is ran by volunteers. It's a miracle what we put on. It's a beautiful display of community engagement, of real grassroots efforts of people wanting to do good. And we raised, like I said, over $50,000 in the three years that we did it over to many, many schools and nonprofits and local charity groups. It was immensely successful. If my, my goal with that event was to inspire people to park for whatever cause they care about, mm -hmm. I did that. Yeah. I didn't do that once. I did that five times. And in those five years, we raised, I don't know, almost $200,000 in sponsorships. I mean, we did so much. Mm. Where do you come off feeling like a failure? Like, why? I really had to sit with that. I was like, why do you feel that you failed? And I don't feel like I failed myself. I felt like I failed others, that I didn't do as good as I intended. I wasn't able to write the big checks that I wanted to all the nonprofits. I wrote a check for like 300 something dollars to one nonprofit. And I remember like, what are they gonna do with 300 bucks, man, you know? So it would be like, you know what I can do with 300 bucks? I should be paying my, my bills, but no, I'm gonna like donate this because that's the commitment that I made. And years later, I get a call from somebody, not years later, I'm sorry, it was a couple months after that event. I get a call from one of these nonprofits that I wrote a small check for, and they were confused. They're like, hey, we just got this check from Park Project in the mail, it's just a couple hundred bucks. And I don't know why, why are we getting? I was like, oh, my name's Marley. We created this event in order to help nonprofits and a group of X number of people started a team and this is your contribution check. She was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I can take this check. We were, we're right now gathering supplies for the Haiti earthquake that happened. In 2010. In, yeah. 
in oh, that, or was it? No, no, 2016. Oh, yeah, yeah, 2016. I was, I was thinking about the other. And thing. yeah, there's so that year, it's like we were gathering supplies to send to Haiti, and this amount of money, we're able to do X, Y, Z. And she was just so grateful. She was so grateful for this small little check that I kind of took for granted. I'm like, oh, because I was just, I wanted it to be more, and it wasn't good enough, and I was having all of these unsupportive thoughts. And it took a while. It took a while for me to just kind of de detach from quote unquote negative feelings that I was feeling about the event and really be able to reflect and look back on it with mindfulness and see that it actually was successful in every, in every definition that actually matters to me. It's the ripples. It all goes back to the ripples. You yes. And, and I was invited, if I could just share one yeah, more please, little no, thing please. about the Ripple, because it's beautiful. Yeah. There was this one really small nonprofit organization that participated in our event called ICU Baby. And they help families with children in the NICU. Wow. They provide like support and send text messages and, 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 and provide meals. I mean, amazing, beautiful work when people really, really need it, right? Mm -hmm. They attended my 5K Park Fest. And years later and I just got invited to this, I think it was last year, to their first 5K walk. And I interviewed her on my podcast. The interview's coming out soon. And she said that the reason, like what inspired her to plan their own 5K walk was our 5K Park Fest and the beautiful people that they got to meet at that event. And they were so young and having people be like, hey, I'm a NICU family. Like, what do you do? And mm -hmm. being able to make those connections at my event gave her and her team these little bumps, her words, these bumps in opportunity that inspired them to keep going on their mission. And here they are. They're like six years six into years their later. mission. They've helped thousands of families here in South Florida. They raised like 60,000 something dollars at their event that I went to with my kids super early in the morning. And it was just, I just got to sit there and or stand and smile and just feel so thankful to me. Mm -hmm for my efforts in creating an event that allowed the NICU community to meet each other yeah. and to grow and create their own events. And she actually laughed. She's like, I was actually reaching out to you because I wanted to see if you were planning the 5K Parfus again so that I don't have to plan my own 5K. <laughs> I'm like, you got it. You understood what I was trying to do. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but they did great. And it was just such a beautiful, again, um, sign from the universe about the power of of the ripple effect and you never know you never know the impact that that you can make yeah i actually well i i worked pick you for the first five years so pediatric intensive mm. care when i was at jackson uh, well, i worked at jackson children's hospital of la plantation general hospital i floated to nick once in a while but the, the dynamics are the same i mean you have a child that is in intensive care for a lot of these people i mean think about the work you did the, the work you inspired yeah yeah you have a this event you've had two children now right mm -hmm. and the whole the birthing process the preparation of a room buying of supplies the baby shower and you have all these thoughts and expectations of bringing this new child into the world and now your baby is born at 24 weeks 23 weeks 27 weeks 30 weeks whatever the case may be but you're not taking that child home right away mm. so these parents are stopping their lives to be in the hospital day in and day out they're sleep deprived they're stressed there's medical so terminology floating around them so these people definitely need support systems they need other parents that 
either understand what they're going through or somebody to guide them through mm-hmm. what to expect with all these different diagnoses that, that kids mm-hmm. get at such a young age. So powerful work, oh, such important work. I, I can't imagine what it's like. And I worked, uh, you know, I worked right there. Mm-hmm. I worked right there and I saw what those parents went through. And I saw certain communities of people who really came together. I'll never forget. There was a, there was a baby. Uh, she was young, actually. She was maybe four or five years old. And this is a sad story. I'm sorry, um, but that was picky for me, right? Mm-hmm. But through those sad stories, came so much positive light and so much hope. So this was a, a young girl who was at a pool party, um, and she was deemed a near drowning. She was actually submerged on, in the water during this party where there was parents sitting around the pool for, and they weren't sure how long mm-hmm. she was down for. Th- this was part of the Orthodox Jewish community. And I remember I was working night shift at the time. And the Orthodox Jewish community just showed me it's such a strong, tight-knit community. I had no idea. Mm -mm. Um, And they would come throughout the day, day in and day out, to pray at the bedside. And it was like, it was powerful. Mm -mm. It was so, so powerful. And it was then where I realized, like, but the family felt loved. They felt supported. They felt heard. They were bringing them food. They were just allowing them time to step away and having somebody else there at the bedside. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that story just came to mind just because I know the, the power, importance, yeah, the, the, the importance of yeah. having that, that community support. Yeah. And I think that one thing that the pandemic has shown us all or sh- has made clear, or I hope has made clear to all of us is the power and the importance and the value of community and how essential it is to surround yourself with a supportive community and really being aware of who is in your community and do they add to your energy or do they take away from your energy and having that insight and that awareness as to how do you feel around people in your life Hmm. and being able to make some decisions based on that reflection sometimes isn't easy to do i just heard a quote this morning that said um, if you look around the, your circle and you're all inspired, you don't have a circle of people. You have a cage. And mm. I remember saying, wow, like, that's that's powerful. Mm. I think that was Nipsey Hussle, by the way. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's true. It's hard to look around in your circle, in your community and say, wait, are these people contributing to my life or are they taking away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes we can inspire the people around us to, to turn around, mm-hmm. but that can't always be our responsibility. And we have to realize like, when it's okay to sever ties with certain groups of people in our life. And I think that's hard for many people. It's very hard. Because very, human very hard. connection is so significant in our lives, and communities are so important. And when you feel tied to a community, sometimes you're willing to sacrifice that. You're, you're willing to sacrifice positive contribution into your own life for company Mm. which is terrible because it's to your own detriment um so we have to find ways to to engage with other communities Mm -hmm. and sometimes that takes a lot of a lot of working on ourselves and a lot of stepping out of our comfort zones yep and it starts with that awareness you know with that awareness that's one of the the things that at the mankind summit we'll have the opportunity to work on um i i I focus on the six different kinds of self-care is our mental, 
emotional, spiritual, your social self-care. That's where we would focus on like who's in your social circle and are they adding or taking away uh, your physical and, and fun. Uh, when I said earlier, if you feel like a hot mess, you just need to check your mess PF. Uh -huh. That's what mess PF is. It's the six kinds of self-care. Um, that if you, you do feel that, you know, you're, you're on the brink of burnout or you feel, you know, just overly stressed or you feel like a hot mess, pause and check where on those six areas could we take better care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And just from a place of, again, mindfulness, not judgment, not just where. Is it my mental health that I can take a look at? Is it my thoughts that are not allowing me to focus or be productive or access solutions? Am I repeating unsupportive thoughts, right? Um, with the emotional, like, how am I feeling? Most people don't, when you ask them, like, how are you feeling? Fine. Okay. Right? We go through, like, we have a broad range of emotions, more than just fine and okay and good. Right? And sometimes I ask, like, how are you? I have an acronym for you. You do? I do. <laughs> Tell me. I'm so excited. I don't know how excited you'll be, but this was a therapist who gave me this one. Shout out to Randy Frank. She once said, a patient said fine and she's like do you know what fine stands for <laughs> <laughs> fucked up insecure neurotic and emotional <laughs> there you go there's your acronym oh my Marty. gosh <laughs> bleep that i'm gonna have to write that one down <laughs> i'm not sure i'm gonna use that most of my content is pg i'll be at the man summit like hey i got one for you <laughs> no i'm kidding the mankind that's summit that's funny that's funny so how how cool <laughs> The last little thing we haven't spoken about is Hialeah. Hialeah. Hialeah is in the house. Hialeah gets a bad rap. No, progresando. All we're doing here is progresando. That's all we're doing. We're just moving forward. <laughs> yes. We're just progressing, right? But it's so cool to... I'm so proud of being from Hialeah. Yeah. And I'm just proud of... We grew up... Okay. Every time... I've been to Cuba a couple times. Mm -hmm. I've been all over South America. I've been Central America also. And every time I've gone to a Latin American country, I realized like I was blessed to be born in Hialeah mm. because we grew up in a Latin American country right here in the U.S. Yeah. And so everywhere we I have gone, I have been extremely comfortable in any Latin American country. We got good training. We got exceptional training. <laughs> yes. And I think it's taken for granted. And I think Hialeah is often the butt of jokes, hmm. but people haven't really gone in and if you seen don't know you don't know if you don't know you, you don't just know. don't know it's a special it's a special group as hyalians i agree so I it's uh, i'm proud to be a fellow hyalian with you marley yes ditto <laughs> you're doing awesome things in the world you inspire me just like you inspire so many people thank you so much I, you I inspire me too i can only thank you i can only encourage you to to just keep going keep going and whenever you need to you already know it's okay to step back, to take a breath, Yes. to catch your breath, Yes. and then to keep trucking forward. I finally learned that. And even though I've learned it, Adrian, every once in a while, I need a reminder too. So thank you today for reminding me and allowing a few moments before we started our podcast to breathe because that's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing for ourselves and for each other. Just like, hey. Take a second. It's okay. It's cool. It's okay. Yeah. Bueno, it's okay. Thank you so much. I'm going to shake your hand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Marty. All right. You're so welcome. Bueno. Bye, guys. Take it easy. I have two questions that I thought of. Sure. Um, how do you balance being vulnerable online? Why don't you interrupt us in the middle of it? Because I didn't want to interrupt. Man. Um, how do you balance being vulnerable and sharing a lot of like your personal life and struggles 
with being private mm. and keeping like that fine line of like there's only so much that you can tell but a lot of the time it's not even it's your story intertwined with someone else's so it's not even your privacy but it's other people's privacies as well well i think that's a that's a really great question and to make sure that i heard it correctly is how do you balance being real and grateful and vulnerably sharing Mm -hmm. while being private i actually believe i'm an incredibly private person and i like that about myself Mm -hmm. and i have gotten more comfortable with bragging or sharing vulnerably but i always think of like what's the purpose what's the intention of sharing this particular story mm-hmm. so as long as i'm i'm not somebody that vents on social media mm-hmm. nothing against that but i just i don't i i have enough self-awareness i actually only did once and it was october of 2016 mm-hmm. when somebody like blasted me on facebook about why didn't i go to like a a, a rally <laughs> an anti-rally or something and i let it out I told that person and anyone else I wanted to know (laughs) to never invite me to an anti-Trump or anti-Hillary or anti-anything thing and rather invite me step up and plan something that's pro-love, pro-kindness, pro-right. And I, that's the one and only time, it's the one and only time I've entered on social media. So I I think that I I practice good self-awareness and restraint and um, discernment Mm -hmm. with what I share. And it's always, I think that's always a question that I go through is like, what am I, what's really the purpose of sharing this story? Yeah, how is yeah? it going to serve? Am I trying to serve myself because my thing, okay, like I'm just trying to like vent and get it off my chest? Mm-hmm. Or is it because I'm trying to reach a specific person with a lesson or a story or something that I've gone through? So I really try to just check that, that intention before. I think I, think I have the same intention. Unknowingly, I think the same thing. Like I don't mm-hmm. get online to just grieve or to, to voice my grievance it's more like who can i help by sharing this story right. and i think that means a lot mm-hmm. i think that carries a lot more weight and a lot more value rather than just coming on to complain about something it's like it's oh no superfluous like right. no yeah. or to just air your dirty laundry as they say right. you know it's like no no and especially like if if what you have to share like involves other people i was gonna say sometimes your laundry has like a sock and someone else's right and and it's not and and it's not your place to right be airing out that sock if it's not (laughs) your sock i've had to ask permission before (laughs) right like hey i want to share the story i think it Mm could be impactful Mm -hmm. um me too is it okay if i share it Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean the reason i'm here in this office is because of my uncle leo who suffers from mental illness Mm -hmm. that was the the whole reason i became interested because Mm -hmm. the person i cared about the most and loved the most in my life, somebody who inspired me since I was a child to be kind, to value education, um, to be athletic, mm-hmm. to be uh, just a, a man. Mm-hmm. And my dad was always there, but my Uncle Leo really showed me the way and mm-hmm. paved the way. Um, and so I had to ask him for permission. Leo, can I share your story? Because it's, it, it, it inspired you, so you feel the call to share yours, but I'm like, it involves someone else. Let me. I have a responsibility. And to I felt say. the same exact way yeah. with my with like my TED Talk, my fourth grade teacher. Do you think I stayed in touch with my fourth grade no. teacher? All this time? I found her, like old style, the the yellow pages or the white pages, the ones with people's names, right? Yeah. And I found her, and I called, and I invited her to come. And that woman, to this day, she looked this like almost the same to me as my teacher that I remembered. And and she said to me, she's like, you know. Not a lot of people 
make the time to thank their elementary school teachers, mm -hmm. right? Like the elementary school teachers, you kind of like, you know, the high school teachers get like mentioned, maybe the college professors, right? But rarely like an elementary school mm -hmm. teacher. And she's like, Marley, she mm -hmm. talks really funny. She's like, Marley, I can step outside right now and the bus can hit me and I'll die. And I know that I made a difference in this world. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reaching out to me and inviting me. And I was just like, you know, so I even like, I asked her for in essence permission to share my fourth grade Miss Gyro story on the TED Talk and gave her the opportunity to, to, be, there. to be a part of it, yeah. right? And I asked Mr. Plaza, which was on my ninth grade, you know, a teacher who inspired me to be a speaker. And in essence, he was the one that kind of inspired me to be an event planner and a fundraiser too, through all my work with the Interact Club. I reached out to him and I was like, thank you. And I put him in the audience because like, I want to share your story as part of my story. I became a speaker because you forced me. I didn't want to yeah. lead these meetings and do this. I wanted to be your secretary. Shout out to Mr. Plaza. Plaza. That's I was cool. like, can I just be the secretary? I'm really good at taking notes. He's like, no, I need you to be the president and lead this thing. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me have to talk to people and stand in front of the class. I want to do that. No, thanks. <laughs> you know, and, and I think he made a huge difference by just not accepting that, right? Like seeing more in me than I saw in myself in that moment. I wanted to thank him. And he was in the audience, right? So asking permission, mm -hmm. right, is also part of, you know, including other people in the story that you're going to share, I think. The other question I had was, how do you balance a personal brand with who you are as a person? Like, does the line ever get blurred where you're like, this is Marley Q, it's not necessarily like Marlene? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> I love that question because I think when I decided to become Marley Q and own that, right? First of all, Marley, Marley Q was a, a nickname that my sixth grade teacher gave me because my whole life people have had trouble pronouncing my name. My birth name is Marlene de la Caridad Quincoses. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Marlene de la Caridad Quincoses. So my name's been butchered my entire life. And one time a teacher's like, can I just call you Marley Q? I didn't know your middle name. That is... And I was... It's de la Caridad. Well, when you... When you talk about identity, I feel that my caridad. identity well, is I of charity. Yeah, de la caridad. I was that's born for this. I mean, right, literally is how I really feel. I know it sounds corny and whatever, but no. my birthday, September 8th, which was when we launched Park Project, was as a birthday party for a cause in Cuba, which is where my family is from. September 8th is the day of like the patron saint of Cuba, which is La Virgen de la Caridad del Cobre. So my name, my birth right is being of charity. And I never knew that De La Caridad meant of charity until I was way older. I'm just like, God, this freaking name. That's really all I thought about my name. I'm like, God, really? Like, it's got to be this whole, it's like 30-something characters in this whole name. And everyone mispronounces it. My name was like a, oh, a thing until I got this nickname, Marley Q. She's like, can I just call you Marley Q? It's like Susie Q. It's bubbly. It fits you more. And I've, I've never felt more seen. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> please call me Marley Q. Please. I love that. <laughs> And from sixth grade on, some people would call me Marley, and I liked that. So then when I decided to, to get married, and I didn't change my name right away, it took me a while, and I'm going to legally change my name, I'm going to change it to what I choose. And I chose Marley Q Casanova. So how do I balance, you know, my, my brand, Marley Q LLC, and myself, Marley Q Casanova, or Marlene de la Caridad Quincoses, is I really see Marley Q as who I aspire to be at my best. Marley Q is awesome. Marley Q is an awesome speaker. Marley Q, when she speaks, she connects with people. And Marley Q is a philanthropist. Like, I can talk about Marley Q as an awesome, like, you know, inspirational leader. 
that I can look up to. Like, I have to be able to look at Marley Q and be like, I like that person. I like what she's up to, right? Which means I like myself and what I'm up to because I created Marley Q, mm -hmm. right? So I think, I think there isn't like a difference. It, it is me. The only difference is Marley Q LLC is always like a step above. It's like more like of a, like an aspirational, like I need to be, I need to become the best version of myself. And the best version of myself is Marley Q because Marley Q is like this evolving brand, this yeah. evolving character, right? Like post COVID now, I do virtual events. I'm a virtual event coach. I would have never thought someone that was petrified of hearing record and being on video, which is true, petrified. I'm now doing virtual events and I'm on video all the time. I would have never, like Marlene de la Cara de Cincoses wouldn't have done that, but Marley Q, she can do that. She can do that. And Marlene de la Cara de Cincoses works on getting out of her way to become Marley Q. Marley Q and that speaker. So I always try to put Marley Q kind of like, not on a pedestal, but like aspirational mm -hmm. who I wish to become at my best. And am I always, you know, sometimes I'm not my best, yeah. but I know that I could always do my best, right? And best is an acronym for my four-step self-care strategy. <laughs> What is it? What is it? <laughs> that's so funny. Um, <laughs> she said, ha, ha, that's so funny. Ha, ha. It's like, She's I like, charge ha, ha. money for my programs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so best is my, like my self-care strategy. When I was really going through like my rut and, and not practicing like self-care in the way that it's normally defined, I wasn't. Oh. She said rut and I'm like, wait, what was the acronym? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Best. Best. I think I give you the to set it up for you um, is and I wasn't doing like my consistent yoga practice and I'm barely sleeping because I have a brand a baby a newborn that for the first seven months he didn't sleep and and then we got COVID for I mean it was just like I went through a really rough like rut for a little while and the way that I didn't lose my mind and was still mentally aware now and healthy I think taking care of myself because I was doing my best and my best is four things that absolutely anybody can do to take care of themselves even if you think you have no extra time, money, energy, all the excuses that you want. Breathe, you exercise, sleep, and... Think? No. <laughs> Just for I love your version of it. Oh, yeah. I really do. <laughs> I do. You got one right. The B is for breathe. <laughs> I thought I had them all. 25%. Uh, <laughs> okay, B is... My acronyms are unique. Okay, people. go, go, go. <laughs> so... The B is for breathe. Oh. So that's always our anchor. That's step one. I grew up with asthma and I think that I was blessed to grow up with asthma because I love breathing. I am, I am grateful for the ability to breathe. And I think most people take breathing for granted. And maybe COVID helped to inspire more people to be grateful for breathing. Yeah. I hope anyway. It's such an amazing way to like connect it and look at it as like. Yeah. Like try to find a, right. Yeah. Is listen, like, let's be like really grateful for just breathing. Like, you need a mic. We you need do. You a have mic. a lot to contribute. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I. She sits in here. You need a mic back there, Erica. Hurry up. We're on the mic. Hurry Anyhow, up. sorry. No, that, I think that's great. Um, so breathe. Breathe is your anchor, and it's always my anchor. I went through that 23-hour uh, excruciatingly painful labor experience that I shared earlier. I got through it without screaming at anyone, without cursing at anyone, without losing my mind, just because I was incredibly focused on breathing. Like that's all I did. I didn't even speak to anybody else. Anyway, so breathing is super powerful. Uh, the E is for experience. So it's actually about being in 
your present moment experience using your senses, right? So I walk people through like a guided meditation. If, if you're breathing, can you tap into how your breath sounds right? and hear like the sound of your breath and just stay there or how it feels, right? Like your body like moves and how your clothes feel, right? So just tapping into your present moment experience using your senses. That's the E. The S is for smile. Smile. It is something that we could all do. And when you smile, sure you know this, you release happy chemicals, right, in our brain. So smiling is a beautiful, a kind thing to do for others, but it's really kind to do for yourself. And I realized that I spent most of my, like, never even looking at myself in the mirror. Like, I did today, I put some makeup on for you guys, I put eyeliner, not even that good, because you need to practice eyeliner. But anyway, smile, like, at yourself, right? And it's a practice that, like, I've, I've grown to, now it's just part, like, I just walk to the car, I'm smiling on the way to the car. Mm -hmm. And people are like, why is she smiling? Mm -hmm. I'm just giving my brain a happy party right now. Why not? Like, why am I going to like ruminate over things that I'm worried about? Why don't I just smile and breathe and experience this walk to the car? That's the S is smile as many times as you can throughout the day. And T is for thank you. Thank you. Have you seen that YouTube video with um, Snoop Dogg when he thanks himself with the star? Oh, yeah. I want to thank me yeah. for believing in me. Yeah. I want to thank me for having no days off. Yeah. I want to thank me. I think that's brilliant. I mean, I think he did it in like a funny way. Like, yeah. I was like, yes, he gets it. Like, yeah. thank you. Thank you. And you, I put it in caps because it's an acronym as well. It's like an acronym within an acronym. <laughs> Every single day, if you could have the practice of thanking yourself, others, and the universe. Like, in your daily life, can you have a practice of feeling thankful for you? Like, when I leave here and I'm going to walk to my car, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to experience walk to my car. I'm going to smile and be like, thank you. Thank you for making this time to come down today and meet with Adrian and do this thing. Thank you. Like, just feeling thankful. Thankful to Adrian. Thankful to you for inviting me. And thankful to the universe for this opportunity and for bringing us together after, like, 20 years that yeah, we haven't seen real. each other. Right? Like, that doesn't take any extra time. Mm -hmm. That doesn't take any extra time. That is just something that I'm choosing to do while I'm walking to my car on the way out of here. I'm going to do my best. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't feel that you're doing your best or you feel like a hot mess, just know that you can always just do your best. That's really all you can do and expect of yourself. Just, I'm just doing my best. So when people are like, hey, Marley, what do you do? Just do my best. Okay, I have one, one last question. I just do my best. I have, no, I have one last question just because you're talking about doing your best, but then you brushed over going through a bankruptcy. Mm. And so how do you do your best through a bankruptcy, right? Oh my gosh. Because so many that? people, and the reason I'm asking is that this, I'm not asking you just to be intrusive in your life. I'm asking you because <laughs> there's so many other people that right now, rents have just gone up $500 for some people, $1,000. Um, inflation is at an all time high. So people are struggling from a financial perspective. People will go through bankruptcy. So how can they do their best when they're going through financial disarray? Listen, that's a great question. And in 2013, which is when I went through that experience, I wasn't practicing yoga. I was not on the self-care journey. I did not handle that well or supportive at all. I plowed through it. I plowed through it and I dealt with my own thoughts of feeling like a financial failure and all like I, I, I didn't, um, I don't think I went through that in a healthy way in that period of time. I wasn't equipped with self-care skills that I have now or even the self-awareness but now and I lost my business during the pandemic and my husband lost all his business too during the pandemic and I was three months pregnant and I had deep self-awareness that I was experiencing stress I'm like holy crap I'm out 
60 grand at least like in the amount of a day like mm-hmm. just boop gone because those events aren't happening now i see no income in the foreseeable future we were already looking for homes to purchase and move because now we're becoming a family of four and i need a bigger place we had this tiny little apartment in miami lakes mm-hmm. and in that moment when i realized oh crap like we're in we're in trouble here we're like financial trouble and i'm used to being the breadwinner and mm-hmm. used to being the one that's like out there and working and i have I'm pregnant, pregnant and I'm sick and I have a toddler that I'm potty training and running around and I'm quarantined in this place. Let me tell you, yet I had to have a moment and I cried and I had like, and Bert, my husband um, came in the room. I know he was trying to make me feel better and like console me. And I, and I, I sent him out of the room. I'm like, no, right now I need a moment to like sit with this, like, like with the reality of what's happening and do my best. And I did. And I breathed. I'm like, holy shit, I'm scared. Like, yeah. I'm experiencing fear. I'm experiencing worry. I'm experiencing anxiety. I'm experiencing stress. And one of the things that I teach my students is to not say, I am stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed out. I'm so stressed. Don't say that. Stop it. I am experiencing stress yeah. right now. So when we practice, it's a practice saying, I am experiencing stress. I am experiencing anxiety. I'm experiencing worry. Then it doesn't become your identity. You're not saying that's who I am. I am stressed. I am freaking out. I am. No, no, no. Hang on. I'm experiencing. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, like this is scaring me. I'm unsure. I'm uncertain. I'm scared. What am I going to do? And I just, I can breathe. I can smile in that moment or stay. Sometimes I use the S and just say stay. Cause sometimes in real life, a smile isn't authentic. And even if you fake a smile, you can still get some of those neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. But, um, if you don't smile, then just stay with, stay with the experience, stay with your breath, stay in that moment because it's all temporary. So just stay there. And I stayed. I'm like, I just stayed there. And then I said, thank you. And I'm like, you know what? I've been in this situation before where I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I know what this feels like and I'm feeling it again. And I'm doing my best to deal with this the best I can. Just taking a moment to do that. And I had to do it several times. Of course. Allows me the bandwidth the mental space the mental clarity the mental awareness to come up with a solution if i don't take a moment to do my best and do that little bit of a self-care practice take a walk like whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. like take care of yourself so that you can sit with what is mindfully not good or bad i want it to be different just like oh this is what i'm experiencing right now with mindfulness with gratitude because it's going to help you grow somehow so if i come from that perspective then i'm like okay I can access a solution. I can think of, you know, an entrepreneurial, another problem I can solve. And I, sh- I pivoted. I, it allowed me to be like, all right, great. Pivoting, that podcast that's been on the shelf for mm-hmm. five years, we're going to launch that thing. And we did. April 2020, we launched our podcast. A month later, I created our first course, Best Way to Stress Less, because I was experiencing high level of stress. And I know that I had skills. So I had been practicing and teaching yoga for several years, um, like six years at that point. I can help other people right now that are experiencing high levels of stress. I'm doing it for myself. I'm aware that this is a stressful environment and I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not flooding my system with cortisol and I feel like I'm taking care of myself and my baby. I gotta share this with other people and I created a little micro course, best way to stress less, the month following. And all the way, and I gave birth in August. So I was just like doing, 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 trying to just generate a brand new business. I started doing virtual events mm-hmm. and virtual workshops, personal professional development training from my living room, pregnant. and doing the camera thing that I hated and with lights and like record and my husband like audio and the thing. <laughs> and we just figured it out, like figured it out and completely pivoted to virtual. And here we are. Now I do virtual events. Awesome. 
Now I do virtual online courses. Now I, it's like, it's, and I think that I was able to pivot that quickly because I allowed myself the time to be kind and the space to have my moment of like, uh oh, I understand that I'm a human being and it's okay to be worried and anxious and stressed and unsure and overwhelmed and to experience these things. Hold yourself in kindness and then you can access like the next step yeah. at least, you know, which that's really all you need clarity is for like, what's the next thing? Like, yeah. oh my God, what's the next thing I need to do? All right, great. I'm just doing my best, man. What's the next thing? <laughs> mm -hmm. No, June 1st, June 1st, 2020 is a day I will not forget. Um, I was laid off from the University of Miami via Zoom. Um, I mean, we came from the same high school. I don't know if you remember me in high school. I was not a good student. My GPA <laughs> going into my senior year, I think was like a, I don't even know. I was just struggling to find bright futures. Mm -hmm. That was my whole goal in high school is mm -hmm. recovery from freshman and sophomore year where I was hanging out with, um, with my friends, the 79th Street boys, that all we did was hang out and smoke pot, honestly. That's what freshman and sophomore year was. And I spent the next two years just trying to recover that. Um, and so where I came from, that kid in high school, who his future plans weren't much, to then being in front of a classroom, lecturing at the University of Miami, mm -hmm. was a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, little by little, I realized that academia wasn't for me. That wasn't mm -hmm. the right environment for me to thrive in. Mm -hmm. um, but that Zoom meeting where I thought I was going to be discussing what I was going to be teaching the following semester, which ended up having the dean, the lady from HR and my immediate boss all present where mm -hmm. I knew, oh, this ain't good. Mm -hmm. This ain't good. And they uh, immediately began to read a script to me, which said, um, as of June 1st, 2020, your contract with the University of Miami is being terminated. And all mm -hmm. I did was stare at the screen and say, guys, today is June 1st, today. Like now, I'm lecturing later on this afternoon. I'm preparing for lecture right now. So when you said pivot, I took that day. I cried a little bit. I'm mad enough to say some tears came out. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, I, I, I have to, I got to do something. Luckily, I had this practice running in the background, so I was able to pivot a mm -hmm. lot faster. Mm -hmm. But this was supposed to be like a little side thing. Mm -hmm. Just see what happens with this thing over here. Mm -hmm. um, and wow, it's this has been my biggest blessing. What a gift. It's been a what gift. What a gift to have been let go so that you can fully focus so on. So huge. Yeah. So, so huge. Yeah. And sometimes I think you had the the gift of having that come from like the outside in because mm -hmm. sometimes at least for myself 14 years in business for myself mm -hmm. sometimes i wish that somebody from the outside would be like oh yeah can you stop yeah can you stop can you can, can, can you quit that yeah. that you're working on and like let's move you over here yeah. right and let's promote you to focus on this let's leave that project you don't have anybody yeah. like as a solopreneur kind of giving you that you know, you just kind of keep, at least for me, mm -hmm. I said, I'm stubborn. I just plow through things mm -hmm. with my 5K park for specifically, just plow through it. I had nobody else be like, listen, you know, what? you should probably leave that on the shelf because you're trying to put the, the cart before the horse. What is it? Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the saying? Putting the cart before right. the horse, yeah. What the community needs first is education. They need to be educated and empowered and then let them know that the way to do it is through an event. I was trying to sell the, you know, the solution yeah. before people even know that they have a problem. Yeah. You know, I was like, this event will totally solve your problems and nobody gets it. They're like, what's in it for, you know, why would I join your 5K if I could just do my own? I'm like, well, that's the point. You don't want to do your own because, because it's a huge, 
and you think you know what you're doing. Like, yeah. oh, you just need bibs and you have yeah, to run outside. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Blocking okay. off streets, police, ambulance. You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Like, like with lovingly and kindness, I just want to tell people, <laughs> yeah. you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, it's not just a, it's a lot moving pieces. And, and don't you want to, you know, make a difference in like child trafficking? I want you to focus on child trafficking. I want no, you to focus on that. I want you to watch yeah. I don't want you to focus on doing this 5K and doing something that's completely outside of your your realm. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, anyways, I was trying to sell the like solution before it was ready. And sometimes, you know, it's great to have. Hey, as of June first, you will no longer focus. I had to do it for myself. As of October 2016, you will no longer focus on this. And actually, I didn't do it for myself. I had Bert, I had my husband, who on our second year wedding anniversary sat across from me at the Epic Hotel with champagne in our hands. I'm thinking here, this is like so nice and romantic and he's, we're about to toast and he's like, babe, <clears throat> I'm like, what? Like that got serious. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I don't think that you should continue focusing on Park Project and the 5K Park Fest. I don't wanna do it anymore. I want us to focus on starting a family. And all that time that you spend for others, I want you to spend it on us. Yeah. And I had two voices going on in that moment. One was the really angry Marley. I was like, throw my champagne. champagne How dare you? How dare you tell me to stop doing what I love? Ballsy, Bert. Ballsy. Yeah, yeah. How (laughs) dare you? And I'm sure that was one part, just being really upset, like, how dare you kind of conversation. And the other part... The other part was looking at my life partner who's asking me for time, who's asking me to focus on us, who's asking me to start a family, who knowing him, that conversation has been going on in his mind for months Mm -hmm. and months, if not years, until he finally, right now, it's like, yo, no more. And I didn't like it at first. And he's like, in that toy drive, I don't like... I would do this toy drive and I'm driving around all over. Like it was like so much, so much work from my heart. And he's like, no, you're not doing that. I was like, I'm not giving toys to kids this year. Are you crazy? Like, who are you to tell me I'm not going to go do this park project that I want to do? Like I was angry. And then I was like, huh? And I chose to have the awareness to listen to. Hmm. Okay. And be honest, be like, I don't like anything you're saying to me right now at all. And thank you. I'm going to sit on that. That was August. Uh, that was November of 2016. Our two-year wedding anniversary. We're about to celebrate our eighth-year anniversary. We're doing okay. So it didn't. It didn't end well. It didn't end bad for him. It ended well. <laughs> it didn't end bad for him. Now we have a family. Um, that's what I've been doing the past five years. Is building. Is building our family. You know. And we went through a miscarriage. We went through uh, COVID. We went through like you keep home on ownership. laying these heavy topics on me, but I'm not gonna dive into. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no definitely no, not that no, one. No, not right now. No, no, no. No, no, no. But um, but a lot. You know, a lot. And, and I feel like I've, I'm coming, like, out of it. And not even. Like, it's before I'm ready. Because I'm like, when am I? Like, the kids are still, like, so demanding. But it's like, no, I feel now that my cup is full. I feel now, like, you know what? I'm ready to, to produce another event. For me, that's my, like, that's my love expression to the world. I create events. is what I do. I wish I didn't, to be honest with you. <laughs> events, are, <laughs> events are, like, hard and a lot. And, you know, and Bert actually said to me once, and I'll end it here because I know you're like, oh. He's like, you know, I'd rather beat my face to a bloody pulp than do what you do. He said this to me, and I was like, wow, that's really graphic. Uh, I think I'm with him, but okay. That's what he said. My event would be a mess. (laughs) And 
and he goes he's like you know i think that you don't see yourself um as creative but i think that your art is orchestrating human beings which is the most difficult medium right of art that there could probably be he creates uh emmy award-winning like pieces he's got four emmys he creates amazing beautiful things he can control excuse me he can control the sounds he can put these things together i can't control people really Mm -hmm. somebody wants to drop out of my event or not show up not follow through with what they said like i'm trying to orchestrate humans to all do something at the same time and that's incredibly challenging to do um and and he's like i don't i don't know why you put yourself through that much stress you know that event planning is like one of the five most stressful professions you can have i can imagine and i did this for 20 years like i just flooded my body i just thought that i that's just who i am that's how i am and i'm like oh no like it's not i'm actually pretty zen and calm <laughs> i'm actually pretty chill I'm a pretty, pretty chill person actually um so anyways being able to to just see that growth you know to me has been has been has been huge and i thank my husband a lot for being the spark of that i think i would have probably just kept going and kept going and kept doing and kept doing and he's like ataki like well good you found the perfect yin to your yang he's so great he's so great for real